Hello, and welcome to an undisclosed location. This is Murder Incorporated. I am Buddy. And this is Harley. This is a case of Lewis Lent. This is one sick man. He killed many children. Many. But we're going to talk about a few Some that are actually kind of close. Well, one that's kind of close to us. Yep. So let's start. All right. Today, we're going to cover the case of Sarah Ann Wood and the very much unsatisfying ending. We'll also talk about the man responsible for her disappearance and his various other crimes. Sarah Ann Wood was born March 4th, 1981, which would make her now almost 40, older than us. Yeah, yeah. At the time of her disappearance, she was only 12 years old. 12. 12. You remember that? 12. I remember this very well. And this is because we uh, we grew up in the same town. I actually live in the town that she was taken from. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting there right now, the undisclosed location. Uh, I just disclosed it. You just disclosed it, buddy. What are you doing? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) They're going to come from. (laughs) All right. Back to the case. I've seen about a million pictures of Sarah. I'm sure you have, too. Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the word that keeps popping into my head was life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she had so much life in her. She, she really beautiful. did. She was a beautiful little girl. She was. She was beautiful. Yeah. She was a cheerleader. She loved Dolly Parton and was always just a sweet, outgoing, friendly girl. That's Every, what people everyone, said. Everyone loves Dolly Parton. Come on. Yeah, now. everyone loves It's Dolly. Dolly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> she has good taste. Yeah. She had black hair, beautiful, beautiful blue eyes, and on the day she disappeared... She was last seen wearing a pink shirt with the words, guess who, on the front, and turquoise blue shorts mm. and brown sandals. Mm. So it was August 1993, it was a Wednesday, and Sarah was on her way home from church school on her bike when she was taken. The last time anyone seen her alive was a passerby that sighted her pushing her bike. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a little site that's um, on a road that I drive by that's got a, a memorial to her. And uh, I drive by every day thinking about her. It's every day to work. I drive by it. And I'm like, oh, Sarah. It's horrible. Yeah. You, you like see stuff like this on TV. And then like, you know what I mean? When it happens to like some, not somebody you know, even, but just like somebody close to you in your vicinity, yep. you know, it like really makes you think like how horrible type those things really are. You know yeah, what I mean? absolutely. They still, they do a, uh, a ride for children. I believe it's called every year um, in this town. For Sarah, it's yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, that's huge, mm-hmm. it's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure listeners have heard of it. Yeah. A few hours after she had left the church, her parents called the police. The search for Sarah was soon widespread, getting national attention, with even a song written about her, a country song. There's literally millions of flyers handed out, mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of hours invested in finding this little girl. Sarah's body was never found. Yeah, it was uh there there was a search all over uh the Adirondacks for her. I know that. Um I know uh someone that I work with actually uh knows the chief of the fire department who led that search. So, oh really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Search bodies never found and five million flyers were posted with a photo of the smiling brown haired, blue eyed girl wearing a cheerleader's outfit. Really cute picture. Sarah's parents founded a center for missing children. And lobbied for child protection laws. They actually found another girl while looking for Sarah. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they found another missing girl. Huh. Alive. 
Alive? Oh, yeah. that's even better. Yep. Huh. It was while they were looking for her, they found another girl. And um, they have found many, many children, actually. I, I can't remember the exact number, but it's like surprisingly high amount of children that they have found from the center that they, they founded. You know, something good came from us. That's what I'm trying to get at. Well, something good came from you it. You know, I mean, a tragedy, but at least something good came from it. So there's, yeah. there's a silver lining there. I mean, that's what Sarah would want, probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a really good thing, I think. The case goes cold. I mean, cold, cold. Not, they had no idea. A year later, a man suddenly confesses to not only her kidnap, but subsequent murder and rape as well. He didn't divulge much information about her like he did the others. Lewis said that he was driving around hunting for victims, he said, in his creeper van. Now this is when I was like, stay away. My mom told me, stay away from vans. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was like, this is why. Vans vans are bad. Yeah. Vans are bad. Yep. It was crazy. So he was in his creeper van when he noticed Sarah riding her bike. She was only three-tenths of a mile away from her house when he pulled over and made contact. So close. I know. It's so sad. (laughs) Within seconds, she was in the back of his van, bound and gagged. Her fate was sealed. He drove to the Adirondacks with her in the back, and either stopping along the way, or once he got there, he raped her once or several times. I found both online. Not that it matters. They're both equally disgusting. Either way, it's disgusting. Exactly. What must have been going through the sweet, innocent child's brain during this whole ordeal? Hmm. Did he tell her they were just going for a ride? Did she know it was coming for her? These are the things that kept me awake while researching this case, really. Yeah. Her mind must have been racing, just doing anything and everything that he asked in order for her to hope to survive. Mm-hmm. Either way, once they arrived, he took her from the back of the van, took a nearby branch, and bludgeoned her nearly to death. Aww. And I say nearly... Because he never checked before he then buried her, maybe even buried her alive. Oh, jeez. He said he didn't check because, and this is a quote, I don't like to touch dead bodies. Uh, you, you can <laughs> kill them, you can rape them, you can... But once they're dead, you don't want to touch them. No. You draw a line there. That's I don't know sick how man. people's brains work like that. Sick, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll rape and kill a young child, but touch a dead body? Oh, no, not me. No, 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 that's not me. You got the wrong guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. So that's it. This bright young soul, gone. Before the authorities have even started searching for her, she was dead. <laughs> I have children, and I can tell you, this is a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I've told my wife, I know it's horrible to say, but you have to know if our children ever go missing, and we don't find them within a couple hours, they're gone. And gone forever, one way or another. Such a terrible thought. That's the statistics. Yeah. You know, that mm-hmm. if you don't find your kid within like four hours, if you do find them, they're dead. Oh, <laughs> Within four hours. It's terrible to it's think. It's like 90% or something like that. Ooh. I don't know. I just made that up. It could be like it could be like 4%. But it's hot. You know what's hot? Yeah. Oh, so 490 are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so let's talk a little more about Louis Lent Jr. He not only confessed to the murder of Sarah, but also confessed to the murder of another child, Jimmy Bernardo. Jimmy was abducted from the Cinema Center movie theater in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. On October 22nd, 1990, he was on his way to the mall to ride bikes with friends when he encountered Lewis, who offered him money to help him move some chairs in the cinema. Okay. Once inside, Lewis threatened Jimmy with a knife to get him into the van, then duct taped his mouth, feet, and hands. He then drove him home to where, under the cover of darkness, 
He snuck him into his apartment. Once inside, he forced Jimmy to take off his shirt and pants and then proceeded to fasten him by his ankles and wrists to the corners of the bed. How terrifying is this? (laughs) It's like literally they don't even put this stuff in movies. It's so terrifying. Yeah, yeah. This is just sick. He left him alone in his apartment while he disposed of the bike. Once he returned, he waited for Jimmy to fall asleep and cut his underwear off with a razor, which, of course, woke little Jimmy up. This whole scenario breaks my heart. I mean, this this is I know this is about Jimmy, but I just can't help thinking about my own son in this situation. Yeah. It's like truly heartbreaking. Yeah, definitely. So once awake, Lent confessed that basically, and I'm sorry, this is going to be graphic, folks, so if you don't want to hear it, turn it off now. Because this is going to be graphic. But the truth has to be told this way. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it has you got, to be. You, you got to hear the truth. I mean, this is a sick man, and these are these are people's lives. You know, This is a real thing this that is... happened, and I think it should be told the right way. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it was either Jimmy performs well sexually, and by that I mean, and this is what Lent said, successfully give Lent an erection and a subsequent orgasm, or he was to die. But mm-hmm. let's be honest. As soon as Lent laid eyes on him that night, he was dead. Yeah. I'm, Either I'm, way. I'm getting sick right now. But in the sick fuck's mind, that's how this played out. Yeah. And when Lent could not successfully get an erection, he covered the boy and took him back to the van, where they were to travel almost four hours to Newfield, New York. Once they arrived, he led Jimmy to a tree where he strung him up and stood there and watched while Jimmy struggled against the rope around his neck. Oh, my God. And after that, it was about a month later, Hunter stumbled across poor Jimmy's body, completely naked, with duct tape binding him, and also across his eyes, which I found interesting. yeah. It was like he couldn't have the boys see what he was doing, you know? Something like that. Could you imagine being that hunter just... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'd never go hunting again. No. In 2013, it was announced... That Lent was connected to the cold case of Jamie Lusher, a teenager from Westfield, Massachusetts. Lent confessed to the killing during an interview with police and claimed to have disposed of Lusher's body in a pond in Beckett, Massachusetts. Police had suspected for a while that Lent may have been responsible for the disappearance of the 16-year-old in November of 1992, while Lusher's father, James had been less than convinced until the confession. Despite multiple searches of the Greenwater Pond, as of 2021, Lusher's body has not been recovered. Lusher was last seen riding his bike in November 1992 when he went missing. His bicycle was found by the pond a few days later, leading the police to drain the lake and search for his remains. None were recovered. In exchange for revealing the location of Lusher's remains, Lent has been offered the possibility of not being prosecuted for the murder. When Lusher initially went missing, police suspected he was hiding from someone. Wait, 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 hold on. Back up a bit. They, if he revealed the location of the body, he wouldn't be charged with the murder? Yeah, if they found the body because of what he gave them. Because the parents just wanted to, he's in jail for life no matter what. Okay, all right, all right, yeah, okay, all right. When Lusher initially went missing, police suspected he was hiding from someone. A young woman who had spoken to him that day claimed he had told her he was hiding because he was afraid he was in trouble. While Lent has been known to give misleading answers and clues in the past, police were able to confirm 
Several details of the case will light. Police feel confident he is guilty of this crime based on this. Several times a year, police visit Lent in hopes they may be able to convince him to give them more information on where he can find James Lusher and Sarah Ann Wood. Lent was sentenced to life without parole in the murder of Jimmy Bernardo and 25 to life in the murder of Sarah Ann Wood. And now he sits in a Massachusetts prison for the rest of his life. Hmm. Let's unwrap this, huh? Yeah. This is a tough one. Let me let me, uh, let me collect my thoughts a little bit. I don't know. This is a uh, this is rough because I I really it, it brings me back to my childhood, you know, and just yeah. thinking about you know seeing all those flyers and of Sarah and just just I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I mean, what a sick man! And I know I know that he uh, in that 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 movie theater he worked in, yeah. he uh, he would often um, take kids in and let them. You know, yeah. watch movies, and yep. you know, so so there's a lot of signs of him um, being a uh, an abductor, a, yeah, I a mean, serial his, killer, or whatever you want to say. But all his friends were kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a blind man that was his neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Like he he really is the boogeyman. Yeah. You know, and there's like this conspiracy, okay, about the James Bernardo case because. And this is a proven fact. A police officer tampered with evidence. So they had Lent's print on something, a shirt or something. Okay. They had his print on something, and he smudged it so that you couldn't lift the print on purpose. The state trooper, Massachusetts state trooper. These are facts? He's been convicted of this. Really? Yep. So, and he won't tell why. So this is a conspiracy that's because Lent was part of a bigger... Like um, pedophilia a pedophile ring. ring, yeah, you know, and it's like I don't buy into conspiracies like a lot, you know. But I'm telling you, this like it makes sense because why would the cop do this? I just don't understand what reason this cop would have, and he will not say why. It's a crooked he, cop. He did guilty, you know what I mean? And he did it twice in that case, smudged prints yeah. that they could have caught him. Yeah. So it's like you help this guy. Why? Why exactly? Why unless you're you're in on it or you're there's some reason why you want to hide these facts, these this evidence. It's so. like maybe he but Len has never said anything about like being part of anything. But I'm saying there's something. You know what I mean? There's something to it. I mean we'll never know. This guy's gonna take it to his grave probably. Yeah. You know? He'll be out in fifteen years or whatever he got for that evidence tampering. I think it was like fifteen years, you know. I hope that he's getting brutally beat in jail because he's a, a oh, cop. Oh, I hope so. You know, because yeah. he could have prevented other murders. Yeah. And Lent is is connected to a lot of other murders. So he had a neighbor that hung himself, supposedly, that lived right across the street from him. Okay. And they just thought it was a suicide. But they think it might have been Lent? Now they think, well, looking back, his neighbor was a serial killer of children of that age, maybe it was him. So, wait, wait, the neighbor was a child? Yeah. Oh. 14 years old. Oh. And, I mean, Lent is just, he literally is a monster. He's the boogeyman. Like, yeah. the stuff that he would say, like, in interviews, and he would be like, yeah, once they basically, like, are old enough to start being, like, their own person and they have, like, free will, they're just too old for me. Oh like, my God. I like them innocent, you know what I mean? Oh. Like, 
just so sickening. Like what a what a horrible man. I mean, I just can't even fathom. Like they don't even put this up in movies. No. Because it'd be like, no way, nobody watches this. No, 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 watch this. Just, yeah, yeah. I I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it didn't turn off. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it really is just sickening, man. Yeah. And that's the case of Lewis Lent Jr. I wanted to cover that. It's a quick one, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was a case close to our heart. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was important to get it out of the way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, this is, um,. This is one that's that's definitely been sticking in my mind that always has and I'm glad we covered it. Um, you know, hopefully this man is being tortured in jail because he he deserves some some real justice and just being put in jail isn't enough justice. I really hope there's a help. This is another case where I'm like, please, please God, I hope there's a help. Yeah. Because like you said, jail is not enough. It's yeah. really not. It's not. It's not. And these these sick bastards just they just do what they want. They they get their jollies off, and then mm-hmm. and then you know get thrown. They they get you know four, three square meals a day and get to work yeah, out. Yeah, you know, they get to do whatever yeah. they want. You know, I mean, you're sure they're they're locked up, but I mean, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It really is horrible. Like and then, this, and then we're paying for it. Yeah, and, we're, and, <laughs> and the victims' families are paying for yeah. it. That's the worst part. That that is the worst part, absolutely. And you know, I, I joke about us. Paying with it with tax dollars, but yeah, the victim family are absolutely paying for it, and they they paid the ultimate price. Yeah, and you know our hearts go out to all the victims. Yes, and, and um, if this podcast, just so everybody knows, ever does make any money, we are donating ten percent of whatever we make to funds for victims of violent crimes. Yes, yes, and we want to do that. I mean, it's both something that's very close to both of our hearts. You know, we both care about it, and. We joke around and stuff on the podcast to try and lighten it up, but we we take it very seriously. Yeah. You know, this is about the victims. You know, yep. it always becomes about the killer, just because you can't find as much information as you like about the victims. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And when we do have cases where we can find a lot about them, we will cover it more. You yeah, know. Absolutely. Because a lot of times these guys are killing sex workers, and that's all they're looked at in these cases. You yep. know, it's like, oh, it's just yep. another dead sex. No, that's a mother. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? That's somebody's sister, somebody's yep. daughter. Yep. You know. Yep. We definitely we don't want to glorify any of these any of these killers. No, if you see you this know? guy, he's a dorky loser that just couldn't get a woman, so he had to get children. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, just a sick fuck. That's it. That's it. He's just a sick fuck. And yeah. um, well, I guess that's it, right, buddy? You have anything else to add? No, I mean, I think we've we've covered enough, and uh, yeah, I hope I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you keep listening. Uh, give us a good rating. Please. Yes. Yeah. Please rate and review, and um, you can f- write us if you want and give us any any ideas for shows that you want to hear. Mm-hmm. We want this to be the People's Podcast, so Murder Incorporated Pod at gmail.com, Murder Incorporated on Facebook and Twitter. You can write me nasty messages. That's fine. I'll take it. Yep, you know what I mean? Fine. We can take it. Yep. <laughs> and uh, as long as you rate and review us, you can do whatever you want. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your sister's phone, steal it. Subscribe and rate and review. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and we want to give a big thanks to True Crime All the Time, my yes. favorite podcast. Yep. After Murder Incorporated, my favorite podcast. Of course, of course, second favorite. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here for the booze. Both of these guys from these podcasts have helped me out, helped us out immensely with getting equipment, with how to write the crime lines, which is a lot harder than it's that you think. Yeah, he's put a lot of work into writing the crime lines, just so you know. And so. thank you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. And 
Like, they really, truly, I mean, have helped. And they had no reason to help a small little podcast like us, but they took the time to help us, and I want to give them a shout. Not that they need us, our shout-outs, but we're here for the booze, B-O-O-S, and true crime all the time. Thank you, guys. I really do appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Buddy, anything else? No, that's it. All right, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, and... uh Thank you very much, guys. Hi. Welcome to The Jury Room, a true crime podcast. My name is Kevin, and I will be your host on this journey. We will be covering some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever be committed against humanity. We will be covering cannibalistic serial killers, decades-old unsolved mysteries, cold cases, missing person cases, and everything in between. The Jury Room Podcast is available on most major podcasting platforms. Please make sure you go subscribe and leave a review.